With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. As we all know, that's a very good basketball team. Uh, to have beaten them three times this year says a lot about our team. Uh, and I don't even think we played our best basketball yet. So um, Jamal was great. Nicole was great. Um, it was just a hell of a team win for us against a quality opponent. You're listening to The Dig. What is up, Nuggets fans? Welcome to The Dig. I'm Nick. I'm joined by Jeremy. How's it going, Jeremy? Uh, it's going well. I was trying to think about if there's any city in the country where it's better to be a sports fan than Denver right now. So Nolan Arenado just signed the big contract. Um, Rockies have been in the playoffs a couple years in a row. Things are looking good for the Rockies this year again. Uh, obviously, the Nuggets are doing great. Avs um, went on a, a bit of a losing streak, and they've roared back. Uh, they're doing really well. They have a superstar. And the Broncos are coming off a down year. New coaching staff. There's some optimism there. Broncos are a little bit iffy. But other than that, Denver Sports is doing pretty well. But then I was thinking about how Philly <laughs> is actually doing pretty well right now. Yeah, I mean, they're not far from their Super Bowl championship. And last year they came really close to to doing that again. So, um, but what's but they have, are the Flyers doing well? I went to I went to one of their games. I don't know about the they Flyers, lost. but the Sixers are are right in it in the East and I have a fun like, team. Yeah, it, the Phillies um, are in contention for Bryce Harper. They already got JT oh, you're right. Real Muto. Um, they should be competitive this year. Even if they don't get Harper, but if they get Harper, they're going to be one of the favorites in in the NL probably. True. Yeah, I think um, Harper is going to be the big the big thing, right. which they might need. I the, there's a lot of apprehension about this uh, Sixers team, and, and and the future of the roster. Really. Really. Yeah. I mean, who knows if Butler is going to be back? Um, uh, Do they I even think, want him back? See, the, we nobody knows. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to tell, but. But then you have this um, this apparent divide between Ben Simmons and and Bede. Um, really, I, I get the feeling that Ben Simmons really wants to be in L.A., and it's a shame. He's so good. He is so good. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know. It's an mm. easy thing to to make some really off the cuff uh, uh, takes about that really have absolutely no possible grounding but i mean it's one of those things where, where there's smoke there's fire and to, to already have some possible problems going on with the chemistry and then to dump jimmy butler like the king of of division and riffs into the middle of it uh d- definitely didn't help but he's a weird I mean, fit on that team for sure I, mm-hmm. he's not he's not a glue guy um <laughs> But he's, he's been playing it, which has been kind of weird. Really? He hasn't been demanding the ball or uh, shooting too much. He has been a guy who's like averaging, you know, eight rebounds, six sure, assists, yeah. and and strong defense instead of chucking up a lot of shots. Um, so it's been, I don't know, um, but it's just uh, 
I don't know. This team could look completely different two years from now. Completely different. Isn't this one of the most interesting playoff races that we've had in the last mm-hmm. number of years that I can remember? In both the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. Right. Yep. Um, we have so many unknowns right now. And, I mean, you know, going into the season, Golden State was the favorite. They're still the favorite. Everybody's money is on Golden State winning it all. And that's fine. Um, may, maybe that is the way it'll play out. And we'll get more into that as we go along. But um, in the Eastern Conference, things are wide open. First year without LeBron in forever. And nobody really knows what to expect there. Boston uh, was supposed to uh, take over once LeBron left. Boston's been having struggles. The Bucks have been just outrageously good. I don't think anybody saw them being this good this quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, being, you know, the best team in, in basketball, arguably the Raptors have been fantastic. Yeah. Um, and they actually, they have the easiest schedule here on out for the rest of the season. So, um, as much as the bucks have kind of stolen the, the spotlight, uh, it looks like to me, I, th- I think as much as I'm a bucks fan and want, want them all the success in the world. Um, I definitely see Toronto actually uh, reclaiming the the throne in the East. But all those series, I'm just I'm really looking forward to any of these matchups. Though I mean, right, Toronto yeah. Sixers, Celtics, you, any of these any of these teams playing each other is going to be a ton of fun in the East. I mean, the bottom of the East still is terrible, and the bottom of of the bottom of the East is atrocious. Um, in the middle of it, too. In the middle of it, yeah. Um, but there's a, but there's at least there's an class. elite top now in the East that's really right. fun and interesting. And I, I think it's going to be competitive in the finals, uh, whoever makes right. it out of the East, for sure. It's not going to be a, a cakewalk for the Warriors or whoever make it out of the West. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that leads us into uh, our discussion of the Western Conference. We're going to focus more on that uh, for this episode, obviously, since the Nuggets are in the West. Um, and we're looking ahead to playoffs. The Nuggets are three and zero since the All Star break. They have the second best record in the Western Conference. They're a game behind Golden State. And at this point, I don't know what you think, Jeremy, but it seems like um, second, third, fourth seed for the Nuggets is is pretty well locked up. We'll get we'll get more into this in a segment in a minute um, about where we see them finishing, but. It's really time to start looking ahead to the playoffs, don't you think? Like the regular season at this point has kind of settled some stuff for the Nuggets. They've got a f- rough, basically a five-game lead on the Thunder, who's their next closest competitor. Um, tough to imagine them falling too much further than third or fourth. It would it would be a, I mean the wheels would have would would have totally come off if if something like that were to happen. I I can paint I can paint a scenario that that happens and it's ridiculous but the only three teams I see threatening is uh is Oklahoma City obviously they're the the closest one in ranking to us and seen as as um <laughs> being the second best team in the west if you ask any sports analyst um and Portland um, they've got a, uh, halfway decent schedule and they've just been so steady. Um, you, and you look at how they match up against the best teams and their stats are eye popping actually. Mm. So they've, they've made a case that, uh, that they're scared of nobody. Um, and then, and then the third would be Utah has an extremely easy schedule here on out. There's, there's a version of this where they go literally like 20 and two, 
you know, uh, to finish the season, which, you know, even if, if the Nuggets end up going 13 and nine or something like that, uh, would be right around that, that area where Utah might be overtaking them. So 20 and two is crazy though. That, I mean, right. It is, that would it be is. But I'm just, uh, yeah, and, and that's what it would take for the Nuggets to, to go to the fifth seed is for all three of those scenarios to happen. Right, right. And not to mention, these teams are all playing each other, so the chances that somehow they all have their most optimistic scenario play out while also playing each other and getting losses against each other um, is is so, so incredibly hard to foresee coming. We have home court. We have home court. It's that plain and simple. Yeah. And so as we look ahead now at the landscape, I mean, we, we think we had a discussion when we were, we were planning at our show about, is it too early to start talking about playoff matchups and seating and, 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 you know, who might be our, our toughest op- opponent in the first round or, you know, things like this. And I, we both just kind of decided that, you know, it's not too early. I mean, things are really set up well for the Nuggets right now. Um, they're most likely going to have home court and we can start making some pretty intelligent projections about where things are going to fall. Probably the theme. So the theme we want to run with then is know your enemies and That applies both to the Nuggets' enemies in the Western Conference, the teams that they're going to likely be facing in the Western Conference or those that they'll be competing with, but also maybe enemies within um, some possible risks or things that the Nuggets need to uh, take care of uh, in their own play. So we're coming off a win against Oklahoma City, who a lot of people think is a bigger threat to the Warriors than the Nuggets are. Um, That would obviously make them... A threat to the Nuggets as well. They see them in the playoffs. Uh, what are your thoughts about the game, Jeremy, or about the Thunder um, as a as a threat to the Nuggets in the playoffs? I mean, I haven't seen OKC play Golden State, so I don't know what kind of matchup there is there as far as them actually being a, an enemy to Golden State. But they sure as heck aren't an enemy to uh, the Nuggets. My goodness, yeah. we're. Seven and eight against them out of our last eight <laughs> games. Seven and eight. Yeah. And and honestly, this game wasn't even close except for, you know, the the when we had a odd second lineup um bench unit in. Yeah, they made and, that furious push. And they started getting hot, which I gave them credit for. When we sure. when they went into half, they were something like um it was something atrocious, like two for thirteen from the the three point line or something. And and when you whenever you see that at the half, you don't you don't expect them to replicate that. You expect them to to start knocking a few. But um, but I mean, I, I was I wasn't really. You know, okay, so if I was scared, it was for one minute of a forty eight minute game. Yeah, you know, for the rest of the time we we had their number, and it felt like the other times that we've had their number. Um, if, if you've watched any of the, the games this year, um, yeah, this is three year. wins against the thunder this season and none of them have been particularly close. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's, it's not working well for OKC when they play us. And, and one thing I was kind of expecting was I was expecting Tory Craig to get some serious play. Right. Um, he hadn't since the break. I don't, I don't even know. He might've been a, a DNP for both games 
back from the break. Um, but then this game, he did get worked in um, because famously, the only game ball that we gave him for this season, um, if you follow us on Instagram, we do a, a game ball after every win, uh, was when he locked down uh, Russell Westbrook so well. And, and he did that twice in both games we played. So I was expecting him, even though we were all healthy, I was still expecting a big role out of him. And and even he he didn't have a huge role and. And he was terrible. I mean, he was terrible <laughs> on offense, at least. He he missed two layups back to back. Yeah. And then he missed a dunk. And these are the easiest shots <laughs> that you can do. And he missed three of those. It, it was absolutely terrible. He actually did play pretty well uh, on the defensive end and and hustle and everything. Um, but um, but so yeah, he wasn't the, me, he wasn't the changing factor exactly the, the way and, that he had been in, in those. A couple of previous games where he really locked down Westbrook. Exactly. So, what does that say about the Nuggets? That that it's not falling to uh, to one guy to to lock down the OKC offense and to get us the win. We're we're doing it as a team. So that's where I'm not too scared. Um, I, I don't see any sort of uh, changes that could be made for OKC that would all of a sudden open us up and and beat us. Um, to me, it's lock, stock, and barrel. Like, I mean, a four and O series against them would surprise me, but not too much. Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard. <laughs> that's crazy to say. I mean, it's hard to imagine the Nuggets sweeping a team with Westbrook and Paul George. You know, Paul George has has risen into the MVP conversation. A lot of people have him third in the MVP race right now. A lot of people have um, him second. Or second. I, I don't know if you're watching that TNT uh, commentary. It was terrible. And <laughs> and they were all talking about Paul George's second. Speaking of which, what was with the like no host thing they were doing on the broadcast last night? Did you pick up on that? No. It was like no. Because oh. it's uh, players it's only. Players only. Yeah. It was terrible. I, I, yeah. I haven't been a like, fan of, of any of it. Get Ernie Johnson in. What in the world oh, is going I know, on? I know. Anyway. And those four are the most like. Uh, low key people. <laughs> like, so yeah, because Barkley's not even in that group. Like, if you at least had Barkley in there, um, oh, I know, mixing. It I, up, but I listen to these podcasts where you have like these three guys on that are just like the biggest homebodies. You know, they're just sitting there with a bag of Cheetos with nothing that they care about saying. Dude. Just the most monotonous kind of talk you can hear. And th- this was the live TV version of that. These were the f- foremost like lifeless individuals. With, um, I swear, uh, Candace was it Candace Parker? Yeah, I swear she she spent thirty minutes uh, researching before she went on, and she was looking at sheets from twenty seventeen about how uh, how Jokic, <laughs> Jokic can't is defend. a defensive liability, or, yeah. right? Yeah, she's like, you know, I, I I can't really trust him to be in the MVP conversation if if you're being pulled in the fourth quarter because you're a defensive yeah. liability. I can't, was, really, I can't really trust your analysis of the NBA, Candace, if you don't watch the NBA. Nobody's even said that, even out of national media this season. Even national media finally figured out that Jokic is okay In on defense. In the game last night, Jokic had one of the major defensive plays. He had a steal against Russell Westbrook with like two minutes left. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. With two minutes left. He was out right. there for 96% of the minutes to close the game out. Right. Um. The Thunder, yeah, it just I, for whatever reason the Nuggets are a really bad matchup for the Thunder. It appears um, it's kind of like like the Rockets are the team that I hate to see 
as a Nuggets fan. Like, I feel like that is such a bad matchup for us. Um, we have been streaky on our defense against the three point line this year, which is basically all the Rockets do. Um, our pick and roll defense comes and goes. Um, and you know, everybody has problems with James Harden, but it just seems like he he just has a, a knack for destroying us when we play the Rockets. So every, you know, every team has this team that's just kind of like stuck in their gaw. Like it, you know, it's just, um, is that the saying in your gaw? Isn't it craw? Craw. You're right. Every team has this. I like gaw though. Gaw. <laughs> every, Plus like you can't even get the word out. You're so mad. <laughs> gaw. gaw. Um, Terrible. yeah, every, every team has somebody that, you know, they just get stuck in their gras and they just can't like <laughs> shake them. Right. Um, and That's yeah, for whatever reason, me drinking some water when I was laughing and it makes <laughs> me sound like a little schoolgirl. <laughs> uh, yeah, but for whatever reason, um, man, we have the thunders number. And I mean, as a Westbrook hater, like as like president of the, the Westbrook hate fan club, um, I, I love that. I love that the, the Nuggets own the Thunder. It's really enjoyable. I like seeing uh, Westbrook get in tussles with our like eight year old fans courtside. <laughs> um, <laughs> For the record, it's once in my life I'm actually on Westbrook's side. Like Look, that dad needs to be paying closer attention to okay. what his son is doing. Sure, it's a kid. Come <laughs> on, like. You take I, I actually really understand Westbrook's argument here. His back was turned. He didn't know who was like pushing him or or that's that's a weird situation to be in. He got brushed by an eight year old's hand. It wasn't brushed. It wasn't like he was punched. I think Westbrook tried to make it out like that. But that's that's. I mean, you're okay. already we've seen what happens. We've seen how bad it can let get me give with, you classy NBA player response. After that game. Oh, man, he's just a kid. Like, it's really good to see the kids coming out and supporting the game. Like, I, I know he didn't intend anything, any any harm. It's no big deal. Uh, not Westbrook's response, of course. Okay. Well, um, I, but he's he's not trying to be classy. We know that. No, obviously. I still agree with him. Right. And, and no, I think of there course needs to be it's something- wrong for any fan to interact. It's just that it was a kid. If it was an adult, I'd, I'd say, yeah, like, the guy, like, can never come to a game ever again, you know? <laughs> but right. um, it's a kid who made a mistake and didn't know any better. Like, um, right. I, I, I still think there needs to be something, um, some sort of, uh, motivation for the parents to make sure that that never happens. Like, like a fine or something like that. Yeah. Enemies. This podcast is We're about all enemies. over the place. We, yeah, we are absolutely, absolutely all over the place. Children are enemies of NBA players. <laughs> it works. <laughs> um, <laughs> Colin Coward tweeted earlier that uh, this is exactly why Westbrook will never win a championship is because even little kids get under his skin. <laughs> um, <laughs> this, is, this is the same guy who had Lakers ranked over the Nuggets yeah. two weeks ago. Right. But I did appreciate the tweet regardless. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but, you know, I really felt like last night in the game, you know, all the momentum – uh, on the Thunder side happened when Westbrook was out of the game. When he right. came back in in the fourth quarter, that's when things turned back in the Nuggets' favor. But that's also when our starters came back in. Yeah, it could have been that simple. Um, but I don't know. I just felt like I felt like once once the ball was back in Westbrook's hand every play, 
it we just saw a lot a lot of bad shots and a lot of bricked bricked threes. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't want to sound too contradictory of you here. I'm not trying to, but no, the, no, it's okay. they were also uh, in foul trouble, um, which grinds on you uh, towards the end of a game when that happens. And uh, they because of that foul trouble, they lost. Um, um, for crying out loud, their backup center who was playing so well on Jokic. Yeah, right. Nerlens Noel. Um, so so they they had everything they had everything going against them as much as they were swinging the tide back in their favor. It was a uh, a short term thing that wouldn't be able to last. Uh, whether the Nuggets did something about it or not. Some takeaways for the from the Nuggets perspective from from the game last night, which. I don't know. That was arguably one of the biggest wins under the Mike Malone era. I mean, the fact that we're we're ramping up for playoffs now, what that win last night meant for the Nuggets was that they effectively have a five-game lead over the Thunder. Uh, they have technically have a four-game lead, but they have the tiebreaker now. So that's uh, almost guaranteeing them the second seed uh, in in the West. You know, other than some something dramatic happening, and we saw. All of the Nuggets' best players showing up last night. Jokic had a monster game. Will Barton had his best game of the season, probably by far. He had a couple of errant shots, or ill-advised shots, um, particularly earlier in the game. But his defense on Paul George was uh, really exceptional. Um, It was reported after the game that he actually sent a text to Mike Malone and asked specifically if he could defend Paul George. in that game last night, he really took it as a personal challenge and he stepped up and Paul George struggled shooting last night. Um, some of that has to be credited to the effort that Will Barton put in defensively. Uh, he also shot, uh, better than he's been shooting. Jamal Murray had a great game, hit four threes over 50% from three. So we really saw a complete team effort from the Nuggets and it wasn't even their best game. Uh, they, they had some lapses. They had some, some dumb plays. They went on a stretch where they were turning the ball over a lot. And it looked like Paul George had like 18 feet arms. Cause, uh, it seemed like every single pass they made, he got his hand on. Mm-hmm. But, um, in general, it was the kind of win you see in the playoffs. It was, it was a grinded out win. Um, where you know they took some they took some punches and they responded well and I'm kind of with you like I never really felt like the game was that much in question and the Thunder had everything on the line in that game uh, really their their shot at the second seed was last night right that was that was their right that was their window and it closed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, Jeremy, fill in the blank. The Nuggets' number one enemy is blank. The Golden State Warriors. Uh, and and as much as that's a uh, as much as that's a obvious choice, I think I think it also says something about the Nuggets. You know, last season, I think it probably would have been Minnesota 
because we kind of saw that coming uh, a few weeks before the season even ended. Um, it's and that was just to make it into the playoffs. Um, you know, the, it, it's all about seeding as you're making it through the regular season. And for us to have our number one enemy be Golden State Warriors means that we're not even worried about seeding anymore. We're that means that your target is a championship. That that means that that is is the goal to rise to. So I mean, unless unless you want to go with kind of like a a cop a- answer like um, whoever they're playing, you know, s- step by step through the playoffs, the coach um, answer like who, our next our next opponent, right? Yeah, um, cop out, I should say. Um, I, to me, the the answer to that question is Golden State, and they're the they're the team to beat to to be a champion. So that's that's a huge um, aplomb. That's the completely the wrong word. <laughs> <laughs> it felt so right in the moment, and it could have been more wrong. Uh, I'll stick by it. Okay. It's a complete aplomb to the Nuggets. I don't even know what that word means. I think it means to do something like with dignity and grace and and like efficiency okay i'm gonna give you something different the nuggets number one enemy is consistency (sighs) i don't really think the warriors are the main thing the nuggets need to be worried about right now can the nuggets beat the warriors well we'll get to get into that in a minute regardless of what the nuggets do they need to get consistent on defense they need to get consistent shooting they need to get consistent bench play and they need to have consistent lineups where everybody right. knows what their role is on this team. If they can do that going into the playoffs, I like their chances. I even like their chances against the Warriors. I just said it. Bam. They can take <laughs> the Warriors in a series if they're getting consistently high level play the way that they're capable of. I, I actually at this point in the season believe that. Um, the problem is they're so young that we get a lot of inconsistent play from a lot of players. Um, that includes Jokic, although he has gotten pretty consistent (laughs) over the last three months now, since he had his little funk, um, generally since that point, he's been pretty fantastic. Uh, but Jamal Murray comes and goes, Will Barton comes and goes, some of the bench players come and go, uh, Monte Morris will have games where he sort of disappears and he's obviously dealing with some different you know a different role now that he's back on the bench um isaiah thomas is gonna have to uh, develop some consistency you know coming back from basically two years of injuries we don't know what what exactly he's going to be able to to produce consistently um we've had guys like wancho who were really good for stretches and who have completely disappeared now for a while so once we actually get to the playoffs there needs to be a consistent sense of who our guys are, who the starters are, who the bench players are, what their roles are, and we need to get consistent effort and attention and not effort, but like head game. I'm trying to say like a um, chemistry. No, like more like um, a plum. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I think if if the Nuggets can get to the point where this young core knows their roles and plays within themselves. I think they're a threat to anybody in the spirit of friendship. I will agree with your take on the warriors with a slightly, uh, with a stipulation. 
that we achieve the consistency that you were talking about, the uh, consistent consistency, and the Warriors do not. I think if the Warriors, if, if we're firing on all pistons and the Warriors are even just kind of halfway there, I, I think us playing uh, a top-notch chemistry and consistency can beat the Warriors uh, in, in a seven-game series. As much as, as they're obviously the most talented roster in the NBA uh, next to the Lakers, um, I think we can take them. This is a good lead into the next question then. So if the Nuggets can pass the Warriors in the West, it will be because blank. Consistency. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You take it. You take it. (laughs) I think it's because they beat the Warriors two more times in the regular season. They play them twice. If they win both of those games... That would put them. Let's ignore the rest of the of the of the schedule. That would put them in a one game lead over the Warriors, right? So, so then all we're court? talking about, yeah, for home court, right? So then what we're talking about is the rest of the schedule. And do I think the Nuggets can win as many games as the Warriors win over the course of the rest of the season? Yeah, I do. Um, I think the Warriors aren't as motivated to get the number one seed as the Nuggets are. For example, um, they they showed that they weren't. That what that wasn't their main goal last year. The Rockets were able to get the number one seed. The Warriors have been there. They they know how to win. They're they're focused on the playoffs. They're everything. When Steph Curry wakes up in the morning, he's thinking about the playoffs. He is not thinking about the person he's the, the team he's playing tomorrow or anything else. And that's the case with the rest of the players on the team. I think um, they know that this is just they're kind of going through the motions at this point, getting into the playoffs. If they're the one, two, three seed or whatever, it's not really that big of a deal for them. For the Nuggets, it's enormous to get the number one seed because they are arguably the best. Well, they have the best home record in basketball. They have arguably the best home court advantage in basketball. So it's imperative that they get the number one seed if they're going to have a legit shot at the at the the championship this year, which is crazy to talk about. But I mean, we have guys talking about this. Isaiah Thomas and Will Barton said after the game last night about the fact that the Nuggets are going for the number one seed. Um, So. Do I think the Nuggets can win as many games as the Warriors do the rest of the way? Yeah, I do. And then if the Nuggets can beat the Warriors twice, that's home court. Right. Um, so, I mean, I, I think I already kind of answered it in, in the last one. But rather than focusing on the Nuggets' uh, chemistry and consistency, um, let me just address the Warriors' side of this and the chances that they don't achieve that level. Um I think it's a real question. How thick is the Warriors skin? Really? Uh, just how much pressure um, and and not meeting expectations will it take to to really tap into the their own self-destruction? We have obviously some tension between Kevin Durant and um, and Draymond Green. Durant's um, gone next year, isn't he? Uh, probably yeah it seems like it and and then clay you know who knows what he's thinking as far as uh potentially really wanting to go to the lakers that's been a story for a long time um and then now that boogie's getting uh, a a larger role uh who knows what he does to a lock to that locker room he's a huge personality 
Uh, we've seen that happen in New Orleans. We've seen it happen in Sacramento. Um, usually his problem is with the coaching staff. Um, and so who knows just, you know, as you go through a season, you kind of build up this team skin, this camaraderie together. And, and when things don't go your way, do you overcome it? And then your, your skin is a little bit thicker. And, you know, as you go on, that skin gets thicker and thicker and thicker. You invest more and more into it. But, you know, as much as they're kind of cruising right now, uh, who knows just how deep their skin really is. I, it could it be just, you know, one or two wins if the if the Nuggets go two and two with them in a series, could that be enough where they start cracking, where somebody starts questioning the coaching, where somebody starts questioning another player's motivation. And then we start seeing some cracks really appear. And if they're doing that against a consistent and chemistry driven Nuggets team, uh, that could that could that could really be it. But um, on to the next one, the next fill in the blank. The Nuggets most favorable first round matchup would be the the any California team east of Oakland. So <laughs> we're talking the Clippers, the Kings or the Lakers. Any three of those California teams is an ideal matchup for the Nuggets in the first round. Obviously, the Lakers with LeBron would be a little bit scary just because they have LeBron. But I really don't see that game, that series going more than five or six. Uh, you maybe give two LeBron two games where he goes alien and he's unbeatable. And the rest of the time, uh, you know, the, the, the talent prevails and the Nuggets win that series fairly easily. Um, the Clippers uh, traded away a bunch of their key pieces. I, I really just don't see them being a legit threat in the first round to win a series. And the Kings are going to be just thrilled to be there. You would think that might be the case with the Nuggets too, except this Nuggets team has been a borderline playoff team now for a couple of seasons. And they they just seem hungry to me. I don't know. This This seems like a different... Uh, this does not seem like a team that's never made the playoffs before. And that's just going to be happy to be there. I'm not seeing that from this team. Um, I think somebody asked Will Barton after the game last night, if uh, he he was starting to get excited for playoffs. And he said he was, he's been excited since last season since they lost. So Uh that's really been the mindset of this team, you know, since, since last year. And I think they've got bigger, bigger aspirations they've got guys like Paul Millsap and Isaiah Thomas on the team who've been there before they've had some success in the playoffs they want to win and I think they would handle the Kings pretty easily in five or six again in a first round series too yeah um yeah I'm gonna pick just one team um well I mean I I think there's three teams that are fighting over the last two spots um but we already talked about the jazz and how easy their schedule is. So I think anywhere one through six is a give me. Um, and so seven, eight, nine, we have the Clippers, Spurs and Kings right now. I think those are the only three teams that could, uh, that could get a playoff spot. And the one team I think we match up against the best is the Kings. So, you know, it would be great to see the Kings at, at seven, say we get two and we play the Kings at seven. That would be awesome. I think more than likely it's going to be the Spurs. And as much as they're a tougher team, they don't scare me either. I'd be really shocked to see. Okay, I'd be really shocked at this point if we don't make it out of the first round, because I think where we're seated at and the three teams fighting for a spot 
that we would play against are all just interchangeable. They're all just people we can blow past. Um, and honestly, if it came down to a seven game series, it wouldn't be the end of the world to me. Um, I want to win that first round. As you pointed out, the Nuggets obviously do too. Um, so, you know, for our their first, this core's first um, shot at the playoffs, if they the game went to seven or if the series went to seven against the Kings, it wouldn't be the end of the world. Just come away with that win. Sure, yeah. So if those are their most favorable matchups, what's the least favorable matchup in the first round? Well, I mean, all the all the good teams are so close together. The Thunder Thunder at five, five games back. Trailblazers six games back. Rockets eight games back. Jazz nine and a half games back. That's less than five games between each other. Um, who knows what happens when this all comes together? What, what if we talked earlier about one of those uh, most optimistic situations turns out for the Thunder or the, or the Blazers or the Jazz um, or the Rockets? I completely even forgot about them. Uh, what if something does happen where the Nuggets end up at three uh, and and then we're we're playing against one of these teams that we were just talking about? Um, I uh, the Rockets are to me are a no brainer. They're the only team right now that we have a losing record against uh, during the regular season. We have one, they have two, um, and and it, we would be I think really fortunate to pull that next win against them and and even the regular season series up. Um, even even if we got that, I still wouldn't be confident about being the Rockets. Yeah, I have Houston too. I, I think without question. In fact, they're other than Golden State, they're really the only team in the West that I'm that I would pick against the Nuggets against. <laughs> probably, yeah. I, I would say um, I wouldn't be happy about the Jazz either. The um, Jazz series, I think, will be tough. I kind of feel like that's a pick 'em. I, right. I, I sort of it's a flip a coin against the Jazz. I think because um, the Jazz also have really great home court advantage. The Nuggets always struggle in Utah. Um, it would be a tough series for sure. Those teams know each other really well, but yeah, Houston's Houston's probably the only other team besides Golden State that I would actually pick in a series against the Nuggets. Um, right. And we talked about this before too, but the, yeah, the Nuggets just struggle. They struggle with the Rockets and the, the superstar duo of James Harden and Chris Paul is really tough uh, to handle. And in a playoff series where things slow down, where offense gets more methodical and, and, and play gets more star driven. Um, I, I think that matchup in particular is a big problem for the nuggets. All right. Let me uh, wrap this fill in the blank segment up with the best question or sentence. I should say the Lakers not making the playoffs would be very predictable. We predicted it on this podcast. Are we sure the Lakers are a playoff team? No. No, that's crazy. Everybody's talking about them uh, being like fourth in the West, fifth in the West. I think Bill Simmons a couple of days ago said he had them third in the West. That's so crazy. And they were going to be the major storyline of the the season. I think anybody who is a legitimate – fan of the Lakers like beyond the whole like let me just buy a jersey and put it on so I can hang out with people kind of a thing a a legitimate fan of the Lakers if they make it into the playoffs there's going to be a collective sigh of relief across Los Angeles so here's the thing we predicted it on this podcast that this was not a lock for them to make the playoffs just because they have LeBron James in the west that's not enough and it's it's 
obviously been the case this year. Um, they are going to have to scratch tooth and nail to get into the playoffs. If they get in, they're going out in the first round. All right. You're completely right. Um, my, my answer, the Lakers not making the playoffs would be inconsequential. <laughs> the reality is we live in a Lakers world. Whether you like it or not, the, all of the news media is going to be about bringing in the next free agent and what LeBron's going to do and bop, 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 as much as Wait, <laughs> the so Nuggets you mean- are going to be playing in the Western Conference and the national media are still going to be talking about how great the Lakers are going to be next season. So it's inconsequential in the amount of attention they'll get. Right. Okay. Right. We're still going to be playing and national media is going to be talking about the Lakers instead of us. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. And now, for some reason, a basketball haiku by Nicholas Herzog. Remember when LA actually mattered? No, I don't either. All right, Jeremy, let's play buy or sell. Let's do it. Buy or sell. There is a path for the Nuggets to win a championship this year. Buying. Um, I, I totally agree with that. As much as everybody's questioning how the Nuggets, whether or not the Nuggets can perform in the playoffs, you know, they've established that they are uh, regular season um Giants, but uh, what what media is doing now? National media is are saying, sure, they're great during this regular season, but they have no experience in the playoffs. Uh, they have no confidence in them, and I get it. As much as you question whether or not the Nuggets are going to perform well in the playoffs, these other teams that they go up against don't know what they're up against. Like, you see what I'm saying? I, I might not have put that mm-hmm. right. The, the the questions fall on both sides of the court here. As much as we don't know what the Nuggets are going to bring, the other team doesn't either. Right. We might be able to dominate some teams in the playoffs is what I'm saying. Um, it's just as likely, I think, as us not performing well in the playoffs. The fact that we smash some teams could very well happen. One thing that you brought up that uh, a lot of us have is that um, some of these games that the Nuggets have won this season have felt like playoff games. And... And another thing that um, you and I have personally talked about, the lineup, if, uh, if they do go forward with the, the lineup, the, the OG lineup, the um, Jokic, Millsap, Barton, Harris, and, and Murray, and if they're healthy, to me, that's a very versatile lineup. That's, that's a, a lineup. If they're performing well enough that Malone is, is, is keeping them in throughout the whole rest of the season and into the playoffs. That To me, that's a lineup that matches up well against any, any team. 
this is crazy to think about, but I also am buying this. And <laughs> the beginning of the season, we were talking about whether or not the Nuggets were for real as a playoff contender. And now we are both buying the fact that the Nuggets have a chance at winning the championship this year. Um, but you pointed out a couple of reasons that this is not, we're not just being blinded fans here. What we're, what we're really asking is, can the Nuggets get past the Warriors in the West, right? Because in the East, there are no championship pedigree teams. The Raptors haven't been there before. They could never get past LeBron. The Celtics haven't been there before. They have a young team. Um, Kyrie's been to the finals, but only with LeBron. Uh, the Bucks are a very young team, and their superstar is just as young as Jokic is. And the Sixers have never been there before. They've only been to a couple rounds into the playoffs, and they have a young team. So the Eastern Conference, whoever the, whoever comes out of the Eastern Conference is going to be comparable to the Nuggets. They're, they're going to be a team who's there for the first time, who's who's who, who's got a bunch of young players. Um, you know, Kawhi's got some experience. I mean, there's some guys, individual guys, that have some experience deep into the playoffs in the Eastern Conference, but not teams. Um, in the Western Conference, what we're talking about is basically the Rockets and the Warriors as teams who have had long, deep runs as a group. And then maybe Oklahoma City, if you want to count Russell Westbrook, you know, he as an individual, he's had some deep runs and been to a finals. Um, Paul George has had some playoff experience, been fairly deep in the playoffs. But as a team, they haven't been. So in other words, basically most of the teams in the NBA who might see some success in the playoffs this year are going to be on even footing with the Nuggets. Maybe they've had, they have a little more playoff experience, but not, not a ton. The only championship experience really – is the Warriors right now because LeBron James is out. So he's been to eight straight finals. I mean, he's, he's probably not even going to be in the playoffs this year. So really what we're talking about is can the nuggets get past the Warriors, maybe the Rockets in the, in the playoffs in the West. And there is a path for this to happen. The path is the nuggets get the first or second seed. They get through the first round in the second round. Let's say they play the thunder or the Blazers, or a team, uh, Utah, a team like that. In the other series, the Warriors play, let's say, the Rockets. And the Rockets take down the Warriors. Now we go into the Western Conference Finals, the Nuggets against the Rockets, or the Nuggets against the Thunder, something something along those lines. And that, to me, is a pick like I, you know, we talked before about the the Rockets are a bad series for the for the Nuggets, but they're not as bad as the Warriors are. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the Rockets were one game away from beating the Warriors last year, um, and and they always always play them tough. They've beat them this year too. So I think that's the path to me. I don't see the Nuggets beating the Warriors in a seven game series in the playoffs, but I can see one of these other teams knocking them off, and I could see the Nuggets having a real shot in the Western Conference Finals against one of those teams. And then if you get to the finals, it's anybody's game. It's the, the Nuggets will be going against other other teams who are in a similar position as they are. The first time there, and who knows? But it's a, it's an actual path, I think. Right. No, yeah. I I totally see that. I just I mean, what Golden State has done has been incredible. And and nobody's losing sight of that fact. And I don't this isn't even meant to be in disrespect to them in any way. I don't think they're 
I don't think they're weak. I don't think they're overrated. I think they're one of the greatest teams in the history of basketball. But they've won three out of four, and it's very hard to keep winning every single year. Um, one of these years, they're going to crack. And I, I think a lot of people just assume that when they crack, it's going to be because they lose players. But that's not necessarily the case. They might just lose one year. The Spurs had a great run, too. They had a, a, a one of the great teams of all time, Duncan Parker Ginobili. They won, um, what, five championships? But they generally were split up, right? They, they would go intermittently uh, where they would lose um, in the Western Conference Finals or whatever or in the finals. So... It's not. It's very difficult. It's just. It's very difficult to keep winning every single season. Mm. Um, and I. I think one of these years, the Warriors, even if they keep this team together, you know, somebody's going to get to them. It almost happened last year. It could happen this year. And if that's the case, then the Nuggets could have a path. Keeping it real, man. All right. Next. Uh, next. Buy or sell. Buy or sell. The Nuggets are a lock for the second seed. I'm going to sell this, and that's because I think they have a legit shot at the number one seed. Ooh. <laughs> I really do. Ooh, I see what you did there. Yeah. Um, I do buy them being the number one or number two seed at this point. Um, that like, we, we talked about earlier, that Thunder game was a playoff game. It was a, practically a must win for the Thunder if they have any hope at moving up in the standings. And the Nuggets beat them pretty handily. With the exception of a little run that the Thunder went on, the Nuggets pretty well had that game in hand. Um, I just don't see anything changing. I don't, I don't see any reason. Uh, what could happen? Injuries? Well, the Nuggets have been dealing with injuries all season. Um, the only thing that could happen is a Jokic injury that could really derail things. But pending that happening... I really just don't see a reason that this team isn't going to keep winning at the same clip that they've been winning at, which means nobody's catching them for the second seed. Yeah, you know, I'm going to actually sell it too. And it's actually the reason you brought up. Um, this team at this point, I don't think is uh, is a Jokic injury is what's what's the phrasing? Um, Jokic injury res- resistant. If, if Jokic mm. went out, if he got hit by a car driven by Russell Westbrook uh, <laughs> tonight, um, I, I, I think it's likely that we fall out. Now, there is a point that we get so far ahead that, that even um, Westbrook's assassination attempt of Jokic would not stop this team from locking in the second seed. And that's crazy to think of, but that's still a little ways ahead. Um, but, I, you know, it, what it does for me at this point, I'm so emotionally invested in, in the Nuggets earning that second seed that I'm actually more interested in how things pan out for the rest of the West. Um, mm. I, I think the the one team that I think has a, a strong chance or or the strong or real chance is Portland. Um, when you look at their schedule, it's absolutely grueling towards the end there. And as much as teams like uh, Minnesota and uh, Washington have bowed out of the race and might be uh, pushovers. Uh, we still have a really hard lineup here uh, towards the end. Our last, what is it? One, two, three, four, five, six games. We go away game in uh, at Golden State. The very next night, we're back at home against the Spurs. 
who are definitely going to be probably fighting for a spot right there. Back-to-back, playing the Spurs, who are fighting for a spot, is going to be rough. Then we have two games against Portland. So if Portland goes on a run over the next, you know, 15 games, um, we're up on them two to zero. But, you know, that turns into a playoff series in in essence right there, a a two-game playoff series, where if they win both those games and they not only even up uh, the the season record, but also even up the – the record between our two teams and and take away our chance for the tiebreaker that is a legitimate possibility for us not getting the second seed so um, it's going to be interesting uh the nuggets definitely need to to make claim their second seed right now over the next you know five to ten games um because the end of the season is going to be pretty rough if, if we don't have it locked up by you know that last five games that's going to be very interesting then, then we also have uh, the Jazz, um, and then we end on a back-to-back against Minnesota. Uh, so, you know, my my heart is invested in it, but I'm still selling. Yeah, you're right, though. I think the time to lock this up is now. Um, let's get it. Let's get it well out of reach before we get into the last couple of weeks of the season, um, and and then we can you know, really just focus on the, on the playoffs and not be trying to, uh, you know, fight for, for seating. But, um, it's, I, I mean, I, what percentage would you put the chances that they get the second seed or higher? Uh, I'd say 85%. Yeah. I mean, think about that. The second seed in the Western conference. Yeah. Yeah. If we would have thought that at the beginning of the season, it's crazy. I like this is never my wildest dreams. I like my <laughs> I thought fourth or fifth seed was going to be awesome. Tell you what, there's going to be a lot of Nuggets fans making a lot of money this season. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Those wild bets on weighing the Northwest or whatever. They're going to be yep. uh, there's going to be a lot of uh, drinks being bought for people at random bars in, in uh, <laughs> what is that April? And a lot less Botox money for the Lakers fans. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next, next buy or sell. Buy or sell. The Nuggets have the best home court advantage in basketball. I'm going to sell this one. The Nuggets are 27 and four at home, which is the best home record in basketball. That's a staggering record. That's incredible. 27 and four. But. The Warriors are practically unbeatable at home in the playoffs when it really matters. Um, they're 23-8 and eight at home this year, which is four games worse than the Nuggets in the regular season. But I think until the Nuggets prove that in the playoffs they can hold home court and get through a series or two and beat some really good teams in Denver um, and, and have that place just, just rocking – I think we need to hold off judgment on calling it the best home court, but that's not to diminish what they've done at home this year, which has been spectacular. Well, I'm going to look at this purely from, uh, not from a record standpoint, but from a, uh, what's the word? I don't know. Let's get into, uh, a plum from an aplomish standpoint, <laughs> an a, a analytics standpoint. Um, it, whatever that word is for, uh, a word's, meaning um outside of context 
What is that word? Like semantic? Yes. I can't believe you said it. I'm going I'm going to look at this semantically and I'm going to buy it. The the Nuggets have always had the best home court advantage even when they're terrible. Uh purely the just the ability to to be a team that that trains and plays uh at it's the elevation that it has. I I think it's just always an advantage. Um I think the only thing you could throw into that is other teams um crowds. You know there's some teams that are just uh, always packed um, with with loud fans. Utah comes to mind. You know, even when they're not necessarily winning, uh, their fan base just uh, always makes it hard on other teams. But um, to me, not to the point that influences the game as much as you know, coming from sea level and playing a mile high against guys who live at a mile high and train and practice at a mile high. So, yeah. Shout out to the Nuggets fans though this year. Um, We've got what five or six more sellouts this year already than we had all of last year. Yeah, and they were competitive last year too. It wasn't it wasn't a bad crowd last year, but things have definitely amped up this year. There's a lot of buzz for the Nuggets in town, and obviously winning helps with that. But this is also just a team that the city has really embraced. I mean, Jokic is a star that Denver loves, and um, and Murray and Harris, and you know the the way that these young guys have banded together on the bench, and that the fact that we've built this team as a homegrown team from the ground up, this is it's Denver's team and it's been a blast to be a part of this year. And, uh, it's, it's exciting. Um, we have, we have good things looking forward. All right, let's wrap it up. Buy or sell a quote unquote better player than Jokic will win MVP. Yeah. So after the game last night, Jokic was asked about the MVP chance and he said he just sort of dismissed it and said that a better player than him is going to win MVP. I'm going to sell that a better player is not going to win MVP. A different player probably will win MVP. Jokic probably will not win it, but it's not going to be because they're better. Um, James Harden has done some spectacular things this year. There's a lot of baggage that goes with James Harden's game (laughs) too. And what Giannis has done this year has been spectacular, but he also has kind of a specific skill set. for my money. I'm glad that Jokic is the superstar on my team. I think he makes his team better as well as any other player in basketball. I think he can dominate a game as much as any other player in basketball when his head's right and when he's clicking. And that's been happening more often than not over the last couple of months. And so I don't think at this point we need to talk about players being better or worse than Jokic. Uh, players have different skill sets, but he is right there in the conversations with the best players in basketball. Um, I'm going to buy this. Uh, and I mean, I, I'm not going to buy it for much, though. All right. Uh, if you want more than five dollars, then then I'm selling. <laughs> but I'm I'm gonna buy this one. Uh, it's just it's hard to call Jokic the best player in the NBA right now to me, and that's not even a conversation I really like to entertain because uh, there's so many variables. Um, I like there's very few obvious choices when it comes to that. Uh, Joe Montana is the best quarterback of all time. Well, he's not I, obviously John Wall well, is. Mm, mm. Well, it's very actually mm. we're both wrong at this point. It's Tom Brady, <laughs> yeah. pretty much hands down. <laughs> that argument's old. Yeah, <laughs> um, but it, it, it's 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 very hard for me. The MVP always goes to either the, the 
undeniably best player or a player that's from that elite pool of top, you know, five guys. Um, and it's just, it's really hard for me to, to give that to Jokic still at this point. Um, he's the best player I've ever seen in a Nuggets uniform. Um, and, and I mean, physically seen, um, but you know, I haven't been watching since the seventies or, or eighties, like a lot of guys have. Um, but I, I can't do that right now if I'm being honest with myself. So, um, uh, I'm buying the yeah, better kind of players. Gets into get it. How do you define MVP and how do you define better player too? Like, you know, this is always up for debate, but most valuable player, um, in basketball is often awarded to the best player on one of the best teams in basketball. You know, it's usually the top team or two that gets the MVP. Um, it's pretty rare that you see a guy, you know, uh, for, well, you never see a guy who's like not on a playoff team, for example, win MVP. And that does happen in some other sports, uh, on occasion. Um, but, and that's, it's, for me, it comes down to really this issue of like, who is Jokic as valuable to his team as any other player in basketball? I think, yeah. And then it's, and then, so you look at, well, what teams are the best teams in basketball? And the Nuggets are one of arguably the top three or four best teams in basketball. And so if he's the most important team player on that team, then you can put him ahead of guys like maybe even Steph Curry and Kevin Durant, because arguably neither one of those guys is more important to their team. They're, they're the team they're on even. Right. So I'm, um, I'm with you on most valuable, but he said, he said better player. And that's what I'm, I'm going off of. Um, I think, I think you put Jokic on any team and he, I mean, is he the best building block of any player in the NBA? He, he might be to me as far as what he brings to the other players that you put around him. Um, I think you can probably construct the best, most effective system in the entire NBA. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, this is because you're it is asking, is he the best player in the NBA? No, I don't. Neither of us would say that he is the best player in the NBA right at this point. Right. And that's where I'm coming from. Like you look at the all-star game, you know, hopefully we have a long life of, of a long career of watching Jokic in the all-star game. But uh, you know, anytime Anthony Davis comes in, I think he's still going to do more damage uh, in an all-star game than, than what Jokic can. And that's because he's quote unquote, a better player than Jokic, but you want to build a team. And I think you pick Jokic 10 out of 10 times, to, to start. Yeah, so if well, what Jokic was saying, I mean, okay, so a better player is going to win MVP. So who's going to win MVP instead of Jokic? It's either going to be Giannis, Harden. It's probably going to be either Giannis or Harden. Right. Potentially Paul George is in there too. Are those three players better than Jokic? I guess that's the, the really the question. Yeah, you're right. That is the question. <sighs> yeah, they are. It's slight. You look at it, and I'm, yeah, they're a little bit better. <laughs> you okay? Are, are you questioning yeah. anything here? Well, <laughs> I guess I guess from my perspective, I'm thinking more about who would I rather have, and I don't know if that's the same argument or right, the same discussion different. as who is better, like. If you ask me right now, straight up, Paul George for for Nicole Jokic, no, I'd say cool. Thanks, Thunder, oh, for the offer. Yeah, not and even hang close. Up. 
Um, Giannis. Interesting. I take the phone call. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Like it and Harden. Man, like it's just it. It's so. I guess this is my point. Is like these guys are so fundamental to the teams they're on, and these teams have been completely built around them. It's it's almost impossible to imagine just swapping them out or something. You're like, I, I don't, I'm not even sure how you make this comparison. So, it for for my money, what Jokic has done this year with the Nuggets, with all of the injuries they've had, and how he has been the anchor to this team. Um, and gotten them to where they are one game behind the Warriors in the Western Conference without another superstar helping him. I, I think that's unique in the NBA. Right. So Yeah, I think it's I think it's um the question here to me isn't does the Nuggets system built around Jokic have a higher ceiling than a system built around Paul George or Giannis or Harden? Uh, the the only system I think that possibly has a higher ceiling is Golden State's, where they they can literally just launch the ball from anywhere on the court, and and they make your defense just impossible, just a nightmare, and like a psychiatric situation for any player trying to defend them. That's the only system that potentially to me has a higher ceiling. So, but then again, we're talking about systems here and building and blah, 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 blah. And I'm just going to leave it at the question and I'm going to buy that a better player than Jokic will win MVP. <laughs> Fair enough. Does that wrap it up? All right. Yeah, I think so. 